to the XYZ Podcast, the podcast where we talk about entertainment and the creative process. I'm Eco. I'm your Y. I'm Zach. I'm the Z. And our X Factor is Crazy X Girlfriend, episode one. Hell yeah. Eco yeah. watched the uh, the first episode of the uh, show he's never seen. Yeah, the pilot episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? Dude, it was great. It was, uh, it was really fun and uh, very clever. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just like I'm 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 sold. It's sold. Oh, uh, it's great. So for some context, I have seen all of the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. Been in since day one because I love Rachel Bloom. Because uh, it used to be she'd like post. Uh, do you remember College Humor? Yeah, yeah. I think she did videos. I think through them. I don't know, but they were like music videos that she uh-huh. was singing. And I specifically weirdly remember the first one was called "Fuck Me, Ray Bradbury." <laughs> uh, it wow. was just like her singing uh, this song about how all about Ray Bradbury and about how she wanted to fuck him. But she has a <laughs> did she uh, did she sing about get wanting to get fucked in the belt? Uh, <laughs> she definitely said something about dandelion wine. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that that reference actually. Oh, I think that's a book you wrote. wrote. Yeah, I. I haven't read much Ray Bradbury, uh, but she she's done like other music videos. She yeah. has one that's uh, I Steal Pets, uh-huh. uh, which is the plot of the music video. Is she steals pets yep. yeah. and um, from the popular kids at school and then pretends they're the popular kids at school. Uh-huh. She's one that's uh, nobody will watch the Tonys with me. And she's just running around because uh, she, she clearly loves musical theater. She's clearly a person who loves musical theater yeah. uh, and that helps the show exist. And I love it uh, as somebody who. I don't know. I feel like I have like an interest in musicals, but I'm yeah. not a musical guy by any. Yeah. But I, I I like them, and I like when people are excited about them. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I'll talk a little bit. So yeah, I mean, I I've been doing musical improv. The the cons- uh, the con- I guess I don't know what they call it out, but the conservatory. Yeah. It used to be called the conservatory. Um. Uh, and it's like it's all a dis- it's a build up to do improvised musicals. So part of it is the study of musicals and the structure of musicals, musical theater musicals. Um, last term, it was like the study of like the song structure types. So the, the very common tropes of types of yeah. songs. And of course, like one of them is like the one song, which is a very classical one that like our generation at least goes to as part of your world from the little mermaid. So mm. like she says she wants to be part of. It's the, just kind of a statement of intent and a statement yeah, of. This is what I want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And why I want it and what I might be willing to do. I mean. I remember watching, uh, I was like, Howard, so Howard Ashman's the lyricist for that. Uh-huh. And it was, there's some videos. I have a little mermaid on, um, on iTunes. Yeah. So, um, I remember, so I remember watching one of the, his lectures, like as it's one of the bonus features is there's like some parts of his lectures to Disney, like a lunchtime lecture. And he mentioned that. And as part of it, I think there was like a clip of him talking about, uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's a clip of talking about how that song is foreshadowing. And the part it's like, what would I give? And then what would I pay? And that's foreshadowing for like later when she signs her voice away. When when it's what she pays. Yeah. yeah. Spoilers for a nineteen ninety movie, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, how dare you not have seen the nineteen eighty nine uh, classic, classic uh, Little Mermaid? Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's the one song. And it's very clearly in this, you know, in this uh, in the first in the pilot episode, like the yeah. song right after she sees Josh again for the fir- uh, like first time in ten years. Yeah. Is like clearly the one song. Yeah, it's definitely uh, like a statement of. I mean, because it has to do a couple things. Yeah. This episode of television, it has to uh, 
both establish like it has to be a musical, but it also has to establish the TV show and its world. Yeah, uh, as like a pilot episode. Yeah, characters, uh, core premise. Yeah, exactly. And so that want song, I feel like you know that's something like that you're gonna see a version of that. Normally, not in a musical way in yeah. any sort of pilot episode, that's but in true. a musical way, you're mixing those two things. Yeah, because you have the want song, but you yeah, also yeah. have the you have to have the statement of intent or whatever. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, actually, I'm just trying to think through some other shows. Because like, not not all shows have like that strong statement. Because like, I'm thinking, let's say, Cheers. I think it's what makes a good pilot. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work for every and for sitcoms, especially for something like Cheers. Yeah, or uh, Frasier. It's like. It's uh, that's not going to be as yeah. maybe as pro. Well, I feel like Fraser has one. It's like, well, I I feel like it's a statement of theme and a yeah. statement of the world, which is like, oh, my family's weird and neurotic, and I kind of don't get along with them. Therefore, and but we're trying to learn to live with each other. That that's why I thought it was for Fraser. Cheers, I didn't feel like had one. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't even remember. So. I'm trying to remember the pilot to Cheers. I barely remember it. I think it's just dudes drinking and like yeah. Uh, 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 I mean, I, I think it might establish the central conflict, I'm guessing, which is Diane, Sam, and Diane, right? Yeah. Oh, but, I mean, yeah, it definitely establishes that. It definitely... Yeah. It, like, the central... It doesn't establish the centrality of it. Yeah. But the centrality doesn't isn't always a very clear want by a single person, in which case... In this case, it is, which falls from classic musicals. I mean, there are also things in this episode that I'm noticing that become larger themes later on. Yeah. Which is... Very interesting. Yeah. Just like how, because I haven't, I've never revisited this show. Yeah. Uh, I've I've never watched an episode a second time, even though it's a very good show. Yeah. So this was my first time ever rewatching a pilot. Okay, yeah. Uh, so later on, the theme of the show becomes a lot more about mental illness. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you can, well, I mean, it's It's like, underlying. In, yeah, it's underlying. You can clearly see it. Yeah. But it's but, also like, no, I mean, the, it's subordinated to the want of just getting with Josh. Basically. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, like, if you, I mean, if the show was just about, I mean, they, they've, they like, explicitly said uh, at points that sometimes they feel a little bit bad about how they named the show. Yeah. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That, that turned me, that turned me off from watching it at the yeah. beginning, because I was like, I mean, that seems kind of sexist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what they kind of feel a little bit yeah. about it, but um, I think, I think uh, the reason they chose that name in sense is kind of to own that yeah. and to be like, this is somebody who might be written off as a crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, and that's just who they are. They're just, Oh, my crazy ex-girlfriend this. So let's explore yeah. the life of that person. Who actually, that and who like. is actually a full rounded person. Yeah. But it, it probably, it turned out viewers, a lot of them just yeah. because they were like, yeah, that feels a little yeah sexist. Cause I don't know. They, if you're just hearing the name, uh, that's probably going to be how how you feel about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's like scenes where she's throwing away her pills. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They they mention suicide, a suicide attempt. At oh, yeah, point, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you don't really find out about for a while. Oh, uh, yeah. As far as, sorry, I don't mean to, I'm trying not to spoil it. I, I oh, no, but it. I mean, I mean, she talked about with the, I, I definitely noticed her saying that to her mom. Yeah. Her mom mentioning, so it's like, I definitely know that like she had a suicide attempt like earlier yeah in in the history of the show um, um yeah like and it's also the show is it's co-created by rachel bloom and aline brosh mckenna okay who have you ever seen the devil wears prada yeah i've seen that yeah um i love the devil wears prada i rewatched it recently yeah it's just uh she wrote that oh wow uh yeah. and i feel like it may have won 
an Oscar for for screenwriting. I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, either either point is like it's a combination of the two of them. Uh, the show. Um, uh, obviously, Rachel's a lot more yeah the face of it. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so a couple other things. Like I remember. Okay, so two things I noticed as far as like musical theater structures. Yeah, is like. Um, there's, it's kind, it's not really a variety number, but it's kind of a variety number when she's just, she's just getting ready. It's just like a fun song that's like fun. Oh, the sexy getting ready sexy, song. Sexy getting ready song. That's a they do a lot of like uh, pastiches for yeah. their um, uh, for random songs throughout the show. So yeah. like uh, the 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 West Covina song, the yeah. big song where she's the, which yeah. is really the big intro song. Yeah, the, that's much more. That that's like prevalent throughout the show, and that's yeah. very much this show's song. But you generally every episode you get a song like the sexy getting ready song. Yeah. That's kind of just like about this one moment, and it's kind of a joke. And they kind of also play off a genre. Yeah. So that one was more R and B ish. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. yeah. Actually, that's very much the role of a variety song. It's just like a fun thing. Yeah. To, to have fun with. Yeah. Uh, that's what a lot of the best songs in the yeah. show are. Yeah, uh, and then uh, the other thing I noticed was the last, the final duet. It's it wasn't like a I wouldn't say it's like necessarily a totally classic duet structure, mm-hmm. um, but it definitely has some elements of it. So yeah, yeah. yeah so there's that. Um, but yeah, the dude, everything was very clever. I love the I love the, the rhyme scheme gags where it's like where 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 you did, the word is really prominent in the um, in the image. Yeah, and then she just doesn't say it. Yeah, I was like that's gonna rhyme, and she just doesn't say it. And then the last one, it's like. Um, at the the last line, the last song line is like, it's going to rhyme with here, right? Come on. It's going to be here. And then just like, nope, we're not going to say it. Uh, <laughs> it's I just, uh, it's really fun. Throwing away the expectations. Yeah. It's really fun. To, yeah. That, yeah. It was really fun that they played with that. Yeah. I, I, I do love that in a song number where it sounds like, oh, they're going to say a lot of times it's like a bad word that they're going to say. Yeah. It's almost always fuck. It feels like. Yeah. And then they go, uh, Completely different word. Yeah, it's like a it's a dumb joke, but for whatever reason, it always gets me. It's all yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did in a couple of clever ways, right? I was like the goulash and the Josh part, right? Yeah, yeah and and w- 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 rhyming with the actual words in the song too, not just like the double rhyme with the visual visual. Yeah, uh, what you're specifically mentioning for the audience's uh, reference point is yeah. she is passing like. Uh, a sign that says goulash at first. Yeah, it says goulash, but she covers up the middle part, so it just says gosh. Oh, uh, I didn't, I, I didn't even catch that part because goulash oh. still rhymes with, with yeah, with yeah, goulashes. yeah. Um, because what they do is the next word is Josh, but she's yeah. covering up something that says like Joe's fish. Yeah, I'm gonna. So it's just the same structure as the goulash. You're turning off the AC. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna keep running the clock here, and I'm gonna keep talking. Do you feel uh, like uh? You feel it's <laughs> fine, right? As far as the temperature. Yeah, the temperature feels yeah, totally yeah, yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little inside baseball for you know, yeah. For the pod. But you yeah. guys back home, uh, how are you guys feeling? Is the temperature okay? Is the temperature okay? Check the temperature. See how you feel. Take a deep breath. Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Are you paying too much? Let us know in the com- bill? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, yeah. So the visual gag, and then it's the some. It's like what is it? Joe's sandwich shoppers. John, like some, it says like Joe's fish. Fish. Because, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah because she covers up the, the, the e apostrophe s f i. Yeah, and so it's Josh. Josh. Yeah, because yeah. she's in love with Josh Chan. Yeah, very. Yeah, very. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. We didn't get much Josh in this episode. No, we didn't. I, I assume we get more. Oh, yeah. Him. He's he's definitely one of the main characters. Of course, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I assume so. But You get a lot more Josh in the future. Yeah. Uh, you get a lot of... You know, there are a lot of characters who are main characters who aren't really introduced in this episode. Who's the head... What's the name of the head paralegal? Uh, Paula. She's Paula, definitely okay. a main character. Yeah, she's yeah, someone yeah. to watch. She, yeah. Uh, I kind of... Uh, she's she changes over time for sure. Well, it's because a lot of the show is people changing because a lot of it is um, a lot of the main characters kind of confront their flaws and yeah. so they, a lot of them, most of them are managed to work on their flaws a little bit earlier than uh, Rebecca, the main character. Yeah, uh, Rebecca is in constant realization of her flaws and she's constantly she's very neurotic in that sense and it kind of becomes. Um, a running theme of the song that she, or of the show that she's learning how to fix herself, but sometimes she's so worked up about fixing herself that she just digs a bigger hole. Yeah, um, yeah. And which I, you can kind of see in this episode. It's kind of, I don't know. Oh, you definitely see it. Yeah. And like the premise, I mean, like I can relate a little bit to, I mean, not, 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 you know, not to the, like the, the breakup and then like the, I yeah. mean, just the driven parent thing. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. that that's at least how I perceived my parents for, for a long time, at least, you know? It's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta keep doing well, keep doing well. It's like, you know, push, 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 push. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's very much a thing where, uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, there's a great song later in the show. It's one that I still think about. Yeah, um, and it sounds, I mean, kind of is a slur. Uh, so yeah. the song is called. Do you know what a Jewish American princess is? I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I've heard, I've heard, I, I vaguely kind of, yeah, kind of know the yeah. idea, yeah. Uh, that's kind of the what she is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, there's a song called "The Jap Battle" because that's yeah. I remember the first time I heard that term. I I went was at my Jewish summer yeah, camp. I had never heard that term, and I was like, I, I looked at, I was like, wait, what, like how how are you? What are you talking about? Because I mean, I I hear that as a slur for Japanese. Exactly. At first. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I, it's, but it's like, but it, uh, there's a second meaning, which is yeah, Jewish American princess. That uh, I found out. Which is still rude, but not as bad. Yeah. Uh, but uh, still, not a great thing to say. Yeah. Uh, sure. But I remember I was at summer camp, and I had never heard it before. I went to a Jewish summer camp. Yeah. Uh, and, and somebody we we were doing like skits or whatever for something sure, yeah and this guy in the the skit he screams like because they're kind of improvising they're like this is the idea of what we're gonna do when he like screams at people in the skit he's like uh because everyone's jewish and he just goes uh you japs and he says it, that word very enunciate and i remember just sitting there being like what what, what the fuck yeah what are you what uh um and apparently that's what he's referring to yeah but and I was shocked, and then I learned what he meant, but it's still not okay to say. Yeah. Uh, anyways, point is, there is a song later in the show called uh, Jap Battle, yeah. which is a rap battle yeah. between her and basically like her, her um, there's a, it's kind of like um, her rival growing up in, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. as a kid, where yeah. both of them were. Because it is very much a thing, I don't know, in in some like Jewish families where they really kind of drive you to uh, overachieve and shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I I didn't have that experience, uh, yeah. fortunately, but I I know many people uh, who who did. Uh, but it's very much in there. Oh, I love it so much because they're they're saying a lot of things that are very specific to like. Uh, American East Coast Jewish humor. Yeah. Uh, that's just like, oh, yeah, uh, we went to summer camp. And of course, 
we're we're liberal as hell, but we we support Israel. Uh, right. and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and they they talk about A Pi guys, and I'm an A Pi guy. That's the Jewish fraternity. Okay. Uh, I don't know. They they it's they I think they mentioned birthright, which is the thing where you yeah, go to Israel. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, there's like a lot of fun uh, things like that. But yeah, that like um, I think Rachel Bloom is taking a lot of things from her specific experience. Uh, she also has a, a great song. I was talking earlier about the song parodies she used to do. She has one called Hanukkah Honey. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of a, um, what's that song? Christmas Baby? No. Uh, (laughs) some sexy Christmas song. Okay. And she does a version of that, but for Jews. Okay. Uh, and, and it reminded me a lot of that because it's very referential in the same way. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, point is, uh, I don't know. I feel like Rebecca Bunch is very, uh, loosely based off of her life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I know, so like I, the, the, so, you know, in the, in the first scene, it's, you know, establishes the premise, the, like the, you know, the history. Yeah. Which is that, well, I guess she was 16. She time. was 16. She was at summer camp. camp. Yeah. She, uh, had, she had a summer boyfriend. She had a summer camp boyfriend. Josh. Who she wanted to stay with. And he was like, like no, no, this is a summer camp thing. This is a summer camp thing. You're overly dramatic a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's very much a uh, yeah. theater girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so I remember the scene. I, I was like, this is, it's so good. Like the scene right after, and she gets in the car her mom starts talking and then it jump cuts 10 years and she's still on her phone with, the, with her mom and, yeah. and her mom's still telling her what to do. And I'm like, yep, I guess, yeah, a person could go catatonic in that state and just let, let their parents just rule their lives. They very um, much later on, they explore yeah. the mom and how her pressure really kind of broke her. Yeah. And actually it gets, ooh, it's real dark. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just realized how that particular line not maybe I don't know. Mm, very dark. Yeah, no, very dark. Uh, yeah. uh, her mom's also, I believe, played by I forget the name of the actress, but I believe she is played by like a semi-famous Broadway actress. Okay, yeah. Uh, a lot of people in here are involved in Broadway in some ways. Um, I was mentioning to you while we were watching the bartender. Yeah. Uh, Greg, I mentioned that he got recast later. Yeah. Um, so his character, for reasons leaves the show for a little bit and then he comes back as a different actor. Okay. Um, that, and the reason is because that actor uh, kind of blew up a little bit on stage, on like Broadway. On Broadway, yeah. Uh, I know he was in town here. I'm trying to remember the the play he was doing or the musical he was doing. Uh, oh. It was something, I think he was doing Tootsie. Okay. He was doing Tootsie. I was like, speaking of which, have you seen The Band's Visit? The what? The Band's Visit. I haven't heard of it. Wait, you you have it? Okay. What is the band's it's, visit? The band's visit is a musical about an uh, an Egyptian, I think, police orchestra band. So they're all musicians, and they all they're all in uniform, mm-hmm. and they go visit. Uh, they they're supposed to play at an Arab cultural center in Israel in uh, in in Tikva. Mm-hmm. but they get lost because the guy can't pronounce the town right. So they get they go to a town called Beta. Tikva. Mm-hmm. They are, I don't. I don't remember which one's which exactly. Yeah, stay a little mix up, and they end up in a completely different town. Yeah, and they end up completely different town with like, which is just like a des- you know ghost town essentially. There are very few people, and they just like the whole play is about the, their interactions with the people there. That's cool. Yeah, is that playing? Is that new? 
Um, it, it's not that new. It's like, I, I want to say within, it came out originally within the last definitely 10 years, maybe five. And, uh, it played in Chicago. I went to it. I forget, dude, I don't remember which theater it was, but it was yeah. like, it was like, a, it was a pretty nice theater. Tickets were maybe like a hundred bucks. Um, I don't think I've seen any, like, outside of comedy stuff. I haven't really seen much theater. Uh, definitely not nothing big yeah. here. I'll, I'll just Google it real quick. But uh, I knew I passed wherever Hamilton is playing. I pass that all yeah. the time. I need to, like, to, okay. I need to go see yeah, Like, I need to take a Wednesday off and just go see it because those are the cheap days from what I remember. Oh, uh, Wednesdays? Uh, yeah, there's, like, there's like one day where you could, if you go during the middle of the day, it's, like, easy to get and it's, like, pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, so let me... Uh, so the bands, yes. I mean, obviously, since they're visiting Israel, it's you know a lot about that. And actually, so the one of the main characters is um, Dina is basically the hostess kind of. Mm -hmm. And um, she, oh man, I guess they this came out in two thousand seven originally, but it just came here. Um, it was won, won a Tony Award. Was this a play or a musical? Ooh, let me read through the um, the Wikipedia in a second because I don't want to just you know. No, it's, a, it's a stage musical with music and lyrics by David oh. Yazbek, book by Itamar Moses, based on a 2007 Israeli film of the same name. Uh, opened on Broadway at Ethel Barrymore Theater in November 2017 after its off-Broadway premiere at, at December 2016. Now that you mention it's based off a movie, that name does feel a little familiar. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to. So yeah, it's like they want to go to Petatikva. But then they end up in Beta Hatikva, oh, or something like that. Hatikva, that's interesting. But I think the I think the, the town they end up in is fictional. Yeah. yeah, no, I would assume so. It's just uh, Hatikva is the national anthem okay. for uh, Israel. Yeah, and it's also used in a lot of. Uh, it's uh, sampled a lot in tracks. If you ever heard, um, I think it's "Come Down" by Anderson Pack. He does a really good song because oh. uh, Hatikva. It's like a really sad, kind of mournful, yeah. I don't know, not mournful, but like a little melancholic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a really, uh, it's kind of a badass national anthem. Yeah. Uh, I just love the sound of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Though it, it kind of just has a sad tinge to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Dude, uh, so let me, um, okay, so. Okay. I just I saw it at Cadillac Pal Palace Theater. Cadillac I just Palace. checked. I, ch I checked where that was. Speaking of national anthems, like the um, the Chinese national anthem, you know, the lyrics are basically like a. It's basically like a, the communist war anthem in World War Two. Yeah. Do you love a communist war anthem? Yeah, I was like, this is this is weird, and like basically the um the last words, dear, like you know, it, it does some versy stuff, and then like the last words where you exit. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just like, it's like a march forward, march forward, march forward. Yeah. Do you ever think that we have such a boring national anthem? <laughs> just like, I don't know. I, I feel like other countries have badass ones. I just feel like all the, all like a communist anthem is always, it's, it just fucking, I don't, what's it, the word? I mean, it's it, patriotic to the point of being a parody. Yeah. I mean, that, it's like, you can enjoy it for being, it's, it, you can enjoy it for being badass, but you also have to realize that it's like, it, it's oh, like, it's I'm hilarious. not necessarily 100% behind all the lyrics. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I feel like, uh, like a good old Soviet, like, anthem sound. Yeah. 
Ooh. Oh, the sound. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, Ooh, it, it gets your, like, blood boiling and shit. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah, the actual, I remember, like, the, um, yeah, if you listen to the, uh, I've probably the, bump, the, the whole bum, 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 that, that scene, I think that's the melody for the Soviet end. That sounds right. And it sounds like they're about to go fuck some shit up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And what's the... the Which, you know what, maybe... I don't know. It's just... It's cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah. There's the, the Russian one's different. I forget what it... I forget it in the moment. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know national anthems that well. Yeah. Uh, I know O Canada. I know ours. O Canada's like... What's the melody? is like... O Canada, my home and okay. native land. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm thinking God Save the Queen. The if I me- remember correctly, and this is gonna sound like a dumb yeah. comment, they might be the same melody. No, God Save the Queen. Uh, what's how's God Save? The no, Queen? I think God Save the Queen is the same as um. Hold on a sec. God save our gracious queen. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, yeah, it's not at all. Okay. Oh, it's like it's like oh for amber waves for spacious guys. Is that it's? It, there's an American song that's very patriotically American that has the same melody as "God Save the Queen." Weird. Yeah. It's like bum 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 ba da bum. Okay. Okay. What is the lyrics to that? Oh fuck! Uh, write in if you know. Uh, right now, text me right now. You fuckers didn't text me. I asked for an answer to this question. <laughs> I am talking to you, person who's listening to this podcast. Oh Jesus God. Christ. What is your problem? Seriously? Why aren't you why aren't you texting me right, right now? Right now. Right right now. I'm gonna keep writing. Oh, it's it's America, my country tis of thee, yeah. Oh fuck. That's not what I feel like I know that well. Yeah. But I, I My country tis of thee. Something of liberty. Of the I sing. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, definitely uh, repurpose that melody. Yeah, come on, America. <laughs> we 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 said fuck you to the the monarchs of the world, and yet we're we're appropriating their songs. Come on, America. Come on. Come on. Get a cool Soviet march going on. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. So anyways, crazy girlfriend. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess we went through some bands visit, which is it was a good show. Like fire, Middle Eastern music. The the, uh, the um the hostess, her character is like she's obviously I I, I believe she's Israeli, and uh, but she's like she gets the radio from Egypt because I guess the, that that fictional town is like very close to the border, and so she would like you know hear hear the music from Egypt and really like romanticize that. I've seen. I've seen the country of Egypt yeah. while I was standing in yeah. the country of Israel. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. That's you a thing. can. That's, a thing that's you kind can of do. how borders work. Yeah, that's, uh, kind of, that's something you can do. Yeah. Uh, she sings a song, I think, about Omar Sharif. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, might have to, I might have to check that out. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a Tony Award-winning musical. It's worth, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Uh... Let's see some more things about Crazy Ex Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do some fun stuff. We didn't see it in this episode because the pilot, but they do some fun stuff with the uh, theme song. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh yeah. They change it every season. The theme song because uh, the story kind of changes a little bit every season. So yeah. it's a little bit about everything else. Really, like like by the fourth season, she's not a crazy ex girlfriend. That's that's not really the story. Yeah. Um. Uh. I mean, it's the yeah. Uh, 
I remember like in the last season they have uh, they have like a girl on a bike that they're singing about and they're like that's Rachel but we're not talking about that Rachel we're talking about this that's the normal Rachel like who has a normal brain yeah. so we're talking about this Rachel yeah. you know this crazy lady on a bench uh, and it's um, it's but Rebecca right right because I think Rebecca yeah yes. in, in, in universe Rebecca oh fuck yeah, yeah. Uh, I always seem to mix up her name with the actress yeah because they're so similar they're RBs um yeah oof uh I don't know it's a good show uh if I I am a fan I I feel like I don't remember a lot of stuff from it because I've like I said yeah. I've only seen every episode one time yeah. Um, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it now. I don't know how fast I'm going to watch it, but I'm definitely going to watch it now. Yeah, I, don't know. I, re- I recommend it's, it's it. My, it's on my list. Uh, I, I think it slaps. I, uh, um, it slaps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may have recommended it to somebody uh, last week, yeah. and uh, she she seemed a little dismissive of it. And then a couple days later, she texts me and she's like, "I just watched four episodes of this show." Uh, it was also really right down this person's alley. Yeah. Uh, but point is, I don't know. I feel like I've heard from a lot of people who are a little hesitant about it because uh, it does have that weird name. It yeah. seems to have like a weird idea behind it. Um, they're very tentative about it, and then they go hard for it. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I was like, one episode. I'm sold, man. Yeah, I'm sold. Yeah. I, and I feel like a lot of guys, especially, are often. Yeah. I heard her on Mark Marin. Uh, they were talking about like the concept of uh, shows. I think I've, I've brought this up in the podcast before. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. It's like the concept of shows that uh, are quote unquote girl shows. Okay, sure. Because like quote unquote guy shows often seem like they're for both genders, and then whatever for whatever reason, like guys can't watch the girl shows. Or okay, something. yeah, or they're not as for everybody. And, and like, I, I think like crazy ex-girlfriend almost, um, cause they were talking, they were talking about both crazy ex-girlfriend and glow, which Mark Maron is in. Yeah. Uh, and he was kind of mentioning about like how that's how he sort of saw glow at first. And then he watched it and he was like, Oh, this is, um, you know, I, this is not a show that I would think, uh, I, I would have watched. And I think it's a good show. And then, uh, Rachel kind of uh, challenges them. On oh yeah, this is we talked about, we talked about some type of like we talked about this on the Rebecca episode, right? I think so. Like that. Yeah, it was something like that. That like, sounds right because yeah. that's the episode we talked about uh, keeping up with Kardashians. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a similar kind. Yeah, of thing. yeah, similar kind because of, like yeah, the reality TV show, you know, the perception being like yeah, it's not as yeah, it's not as uh, good entertainment or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, that was what we discussed then, and how like um, yeah, but like oh because, the, because oh, I the, think they, there's something inherently. Uh, like a little gendered and a little sexist about how we might think about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, in this case for like girl shows, in terms of like this show, and mm-hmm. like I don't know what glow's like, but in terms of this show, I I could see, I would see that as because yeah, it's kind of just like that classical toxic masculinity of being like yeah. if you watch something that's like girly. Yeah, it's, well, it, gets, it comes off as weak or whatever. Yeah, right? I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah. it, it's a show that is 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 like led by a woman, and yeah. it, it it seems to have. Although I wouldn't see so like I don't think like Jessica Jones would be a girl like in that. It, see, yeah, well, it's a, it's a cool superhero show, right? Yeah, that's it's a cool what, superhero show, yeah, show. right? So, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I mean, right? It's a it's a show, even though it's a it's a female lead. It's about like you know like like 
things that guys could see themselves doing, like the classic, you know, the in, in the toxic masculinity sense. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so that's because why. It, because she's a cool, hard drinking uh, 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 woman who wears pants, who yeah. has like a guy's job, quote unquote. Right. Of yeah. like, she's a detective. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, she's very much a tomboy. Right. Um, I don't know, uh, and it's the kind of thing of like guys can enjoy shows where. Uh, the lead is a woman and she is also feminine. Yeah, and the themes are basically like just like a slice of life, like uh, relationship it's stuff. I kind of right? love a good slice of life. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of uh, Studio Ghibli movies recently. This yeah, yeah, totally of course. I've been yeah, ta- yeah. telling yeah, you a little bit about it. have definitely this. been talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't stop talking about it. Yeah. I am having too much fun. I watched Spirited Away the other night. Yeah. Uh, I was unimpressed the first time I saw it. Not unimpressed. But I was wowed the way you're supposed to be. Yeah, I still need to finish that. I just re- when I rewatched it this time, I I watched it in I it might be the greatest movie ever made. Oh yeah. It, oh my god. Uh, I don't know why I I maybe I wasn't receptive to it. Yeah. But that's not the movie I was trying to talk about. Okay. Uh, I was trying okay. to talk about yeah. this movie. It's by somebody other than Hayao Miyazaki. Okay. Uh, it's by this guy. He only directed one movie for Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. It was his directorial debut. They were trying to groom him as the next big Studio Ghibli director. Yeah. And then he died. Yeah. Uh, but the movie's written by Miyazaki, I think. It's called Whisper of the Heart. Okay. Uh, and it's a slice of life movie. It's yeah. not, a, like, a fantasy or anything. It's about, like, a middle school girl. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit about her having crushes on people. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's also about her just, like, trying to figure out what she wants out of life. Yeah. Uh, she eventually f- figures out, like, I want to be a writer. So she spends all this time writing. Uh, and they also, oh, there's this beautiful scene mm. where they're in a violin workshop. Mm. And it's, like, my favorite, it's, like, the big action piece of the movie. But it's, like, a small little piece of the movie where she just, like, goes into a violin workshop. And she and the guy in the violin workshop start singing the song Country Roads by John Denver. Okay. And then all, like, a bunch of adults hear them playing, and they come downstairs, like, they sneak downstairs with their instruments, yeah. and they just start playing with them. Yeah. Uh, technically, there's a bigger scene where she has a daydream, but that's the scene I think about, is yeah. the scene where they're in the... Um, and then the ending of the movie kind of sucks, because at the end, uh, there's, like, uh, the whole movie, she's being she's very much, like, uh, eschewing a lot of these... Uh, tropes uh about like 13 year old girls and at the very end of the movie uh the the guy she has a crush on is like hey in a few years will you marry me uh and that's how they end the movie is her saying yes oh, uh, yeah. which kind of just tears down the rest oh, of the movie uh, oh. uh <laughs> but otherwise uh well, the point I, is it's like a little cute movie about like uh a younger girl it's, it's yeah. not an action movie uh, and I, I, it's, it's still just like, it's, it's, it's not a movie that should be a girl movie. It's not, right. it, it's an everyone movie. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, that, that shouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be, it like. shouldn't, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, it's like, I love hey, if you're, life. if you're a dude, if you're a guy who watches movies about relationships, it's cool, dude. Oh, dude. It's cool. Fucking do it. It's cool. You know what I just saw about the other it? day? I just saw Hustlers. You know that movie? You meant uh, you mentioned that you did, but I don't know. I don't okay, know. it's uh, it's J Lo. Okay. Uh, who else is in it? Constance Wu. And uh, oh, I think I know what about it. Yeah, yeah I've seen the trailer. Yeah, it's it's about strippers who who rob from dudes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. 
Uh, not really like, much to say about. <laughs> uh, it's I, like I, guys, if you don't watch movies about relationships, you may one day be robbed by a stripper. Yeah, yeah, you're you've been warned. They do. That <laughs> is kind of they. They end up robbing a lot of shitty dudes. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and then you know they they rob a dude who isn't as shitty. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's it's good. Yeah, uh, okay. it's. Yeah. I, I recommend it. I I. Forget if I mentioned this in the podcast. I recently got AMC A list. Okay, yeah, yeah, you probably which have, yeah. Uh, yeah, you basically you pay twenty bucks, twenty five bucks a month, and you get to just see watch, just all the movies, all the movies. All the movies. I just like, uh, I just bought a bunch of tickets today. Yeah, bought quote unquote. Yeah, it's more of reserved a seat in showings. Yeah, for just movies that I might not pay for or not necessarily as excited for, but I was just like, I do kind of want to see this on the big yeah. screen. Like I just uh I'm gonna go see Judy tomorrow. What is that? That's a uh, Judy Garland. Okay, you yeah. know Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. mother of um Liza Minnelli. Okay. Um, played. It's like just like a biopic about her, played mm-hmm. by Renee Zellweger. Okay. Yeah. I don't know much about it, but I just figure, oh, I have a free afternoon. I'll go see this. Yeah. Movie that I, is getting so-so reviews, but like. Looks interesting. I saw the trailer and I thought it looked kind of cool. Uh, I'm gonna go see. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this movie. Do you have feelings about the Joker movie? I've seen the uproar a little bit. I don't have strong feelings. I'm just like okay, like let's. I when it comes out, we'll figure it out. Because like yeah, I, I, like okay. The only thing that I that I have like any type of opinion on is like. The fact that people are writing about it and, like, trashing it before they've seen it is kind of bullshit. That's... I kind of... I'm not... I I hate the director who does it. He's yeah. doing it. Uh, he specifically put out a movie that I've definitely talked to people yeah. who have liked this movie and have good things to say yeah. about it. Uh, it's the last movie he made that was also a Martin Scorsese-type movie. Yeah. Uh, it was very clearly he was trying to do a Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street kind sure, of thing. Sure, yeah. Um, called War Dogs, and I've definitely talked to a lot of people who do really like it, and yeah. I remember I saw that movie, and I was just, I fucking hated it. Okay, yeah. So much. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and now he's doing another Martin Scorsese movie. But also at the same time, I don't know, I don't want to make an opinion of a movie without seeing it for myself. Sure, yeah. I uh i love joaquin phoenix yeah so it's like you got the mix of like you don't like the director you like the actor yeah you like the concept i guess i guess i saw so i saw ad astra in imax uh that new brad pitt movie yeah and before it because i have amc a list which also means any amc i get in for free which includes imax boom boom yeah, when I figured that out, I was like, fuck it. Uh, I'm doing, I never go to IMAX movies. Yeah. Because uh, I'm never going to pay that premium. Yeah. Uh, now I don't have to. It's the same price as a regular one. Uh, in a, I saw the trailer in IMAX and I was like, oh, this does look kind of cool. Yeah. So I just got a ticket because it's playing in IMAX. Yeah. So I just got a ticket. I reserved a seat to for, go see it for Joker. For Joker. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know the opera was like, I, I mean, no, there's some, you know, reason, you know, it's like the whole, you know, the, the mass shooting thing, basically. Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of, uh, it sounds like, like the movie has a bit of a, an incel theme to it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and, and some people think like, cause a lot of these kind of movies, uh, are often misinterpreted by the audience that it's satirizing. Yeah. The bad fan thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I don't know. I, I listened to a whole podcast on 
uh, those kind of movies yeah. the other day. Uh, like, mean, like Fight Club, very famously. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, is a movie about how toxic masculinity is, is bad. And then people saw that movie and were like, I want to make my own Fight Club. Well, there's, <laughs> I mean, I see that. Yeah. But I also see the, the following, which is that, like, well, the, the other part, the other side of that is like the idea of like stripping away society mm-hmm. and like getting back to your roots, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. Getting well, to a more primal state. I mean, art has multiple messages. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, and also you can't necessarily like, I don't know, there, there are arguments to be made about whether you can blame the artist's intent. Yeah. Um, you can blame the artist's intent for whatever, pe- how uh, the audience's interpretations. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and you can, I don't know, that's a whole separate discussion. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, I know, yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, Fight Club, yeah, is like, it's a good movie. Part of it is, yeah, definitely that, like, tos- toxic masculinity thing. Yeah. It definitely shows, like, the dark side of it, too. But also, there's, yeah, part of it is, like, well, like, society really, like, constrains people a lot. It just, yeah. I mean, it does. Yeah. There's a lot of that movie that is a little bit of like, this is the current world we live in, and yeah. this is, and that what it was saying, I think a lot about yeah. when I was going to the toxic masculinity thing is you're yeah. sort of you're put in this position where you uh, your outlet is like this other thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. It's like yeah, and like men are put be... in this position where where they 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 have to either feel like they're the alpha man or they have to feel. Or they feel like uh, shit or something. I don't know. Yeah, I see. I, that. I see that. I see that now. Actually, yeah, yeah. I'm not actually yeah. a big Fight Club fan. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So I, I haven't mean, seen it in a while. Yeah, no. But once you once you said it that way, I was like, I get it. I actually get that because like my my initial yeah reaction this this whole time I've seen it is yeah. is that of like it's a criticism of society and like it's keeping you away from your from things that like make you feel good that are you know more primal quote unquote closer to like hunting gathering or things, you know, the paleo man or the paleo human being, um, that type of thing. I remember and that's definitely a theme, but also yeah. like part of it is that other part, which is like, um, yeah, it's like you, ha- if you don't, if you don't express it, you feel shitty, which is kind of a weird thing like that. You have this ideal that you think you should be aspiring to, yeah. that you should be this badass, like, you know, whatever, you know. Charles Bronson type or like Clint Eastwood type. Yeah, we have this image of like yeah. what a man's yeah. quote unquote yeah, supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. So I actually get that now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I um, I weirdly read the book a, a lot more than I read saw the movie because I read the book beforehand yeah. for some reason because I saw it in a library once or in a bookstore. Yeah. I own the book. I was a big Polenyuk fan yeah. in like ninth grade. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Another uh, another movie that's like uh, that's uh, it's got a lot of like quote unquote bad fans. I would yeah. say is Wall Street, the original movie. Yeah, yeah, because Gordon Gecko is, is like because a lot of people took the greed is good thing yeah, very yeah literally. very and I mean it's not completely wrong. There's like you know competition does like improve some results, right? But it's like when you you know it's like when you worship it that mm-hmm. when the way bad fans do, and when you worship Gordon Gecko the way bad fans do, it's another thing, you know. I've only seen the sequel to that movie. It was I, a bad sequel. Don't I've never, it. I've never seen the sequel. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, don't know why I went to see it. Uh, I mean, if you watch the, if you watch the first one, you get why there are there are fans of Gordon Gecko because yeah. the character it's Michael Douglas is a very charismatic character, no. and it's like it's very you know he's 
you know, he's one of the long line of like a of like devil figures, right? Mm. Uh, which is just like I got money and power. I speak eloquently. I've got I've got a great way of speaking, and I can give you money and power if you only do the thing that I want you to do. Type, yeah, mm. yeah. That's that's very signing much, signing your soul away. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And that's a, you know that's Wall Street and Gordon Gecko, and there's also I mean uh, Al Pacino in the Devil's Advocate. Okay. Another movie I haven't seen. You haven't seen, yeah. Does he play the devil in that one? And yeah. Keanu Reeves is yeah. the advocate. The, the, the advocate. Titular advocate. Titular advocate, yeah. Okay, I've yeah. never seen it. Uh, a lot yeah. of movies I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that movie. I, I remember watching that. I watching his, uh, his final, like, Pacino's final speech once he actually reveals himself. Spoilers, I guess. Oh, does he not reveal himself to be the devil at first? Right, yeah, he doesn't. Okay. He doesn't, yeah. He is... I don't really care that much about spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in, in this particular movie, I think it's pretty obvious from, like, any trailer or, like, any... He is literally the devil in this movie, right? Like, literally, yes. Okay. Literally Satan. That's what I thought. Whereas uh, which Gekko, is an un- interesting premise. Yeah, I'll whereas Goran Gecko is just, like, you know... A, a devil a, figure. A devil figure, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, Al Pacino's character is literally... I mean, <laughs> his name is, I think, John Milton mm. in, in, the, uh, in, that, in that movie. But, yeah, he's literally the devil. And there's some, there's, I'm not going to get into the spoilers, but some, there's some other connections to, to the other characters, which is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to run out and see it, but I'll I'll check it out. I enjoyed it. It's a little bit uh, heavy handed with its moralizingness because it's very much like New York is Babylon. Yeah. They even say it. It, it's called the devil's advocate and the main character is the devil and he has an advocate. Uh, no, the, main not, char- the main character is actually the advocate, which yeah. is Keanu Reeves' character. But uh, either way, uh, that movie, of course, it's heavy handed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's of course, the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, the the main thing steering me away from that movie is every time I think of it, I'm like, that movie sounds uh, a little nail on the head. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I enjoyed it, and uh, I may have it here. I forget. Oh. Uh, we should do the October thing, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like It's coming up in about an hour, and I'm running out of random oh, threads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's October. It's uh, that time of year. Let's talk about some scary movies. Exactly. Let's not, talk about what, not even necessarily scary movies, but just movies you watch in October. Like, oh, I don't. I don't have anything specific. I was thinking. I, I, I personally, like in my mind, I was thinking about uh, the scary movies theme, just because, like, or like horror themed. Yeah. Just because, like, I don't, I don't, I don't theme my October personally. I, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm somebody who tries to watch a shit ton of movies. Yeah. Of uh, course. Obviously, I've been trying this thing the past few Octobers where I just like I try to watch as many movies to get myself in the. Uh, just like in the in the spooky season mood. I know yeah. we're all talking about spooky season on the internet. It's fucking spooky season. I'm into it. I love the chills you get when you walk around. And movies just put you in the mood for it. Uh, and those, you know, I don't know. Leave uh, a comment of what you like as a spooky movie. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> uh, I, I've, uh, last year specifically, I tried to watch a lot that I had never seen before. Yeah. Uh, like I finally saw The Exorcist this last year. Oh, and I still haven't seen that. Actually, I should. I should actually see that. I yeah. feel like I need to rewatch it. I think I wasn't. I think it's going to be a Spirited Away thing for me. Okay. Because like it was, I was watching it, and academically, my brain was going, "This movie is good," but emotionally, I just wasn't feeling that much. Yeah. Um, and I think that's how I felt the first time I saw Spirited Away. Yeah. Uh, do you ever get that way with movies? Yeah. Um, I I want to take a quick tangent. It's like. 
Go for it. So you're a film nerd, right? A little bit. Like I'm, I'm just a gun film nerd. I want to be clear. Yeah. I have no credentials. Okay, I was about to ask like along that along those lines. Yeah, I was, oh, like, yeah. It's like, yeah, what's your background on that? And like, what would you like? Would you want to like do film more filmy stuff in the future? A little bit. Okay, yeah. I mean, it would be cool, but I have no credentials. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. We can talk a little more off path. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess I, I am. I guess I put you I on the spot a little bit about like, like the state of your life. You know? but, yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, spooky movies, right? Uh, so, you said The, the Exorcist. Uh, Exorcist, uh, I saw it. it yeah. Was, it yeah. Was good. I was like, what's a movie that I saw uh, the first time and it was like, it was that's good, but it didn't move the needle very much in the second time? Uh, well, no, like, I don't know. I think if I give it a second shot, it might make me feel more. I'm intrigued to see. I think this year I'm going to try and see The Exorcist 3. Yeah. Because I hear that is really good. I hear. Exorcist 2, skippable, uh, but Exorcist 3 is, um, it's written by the guy who wrote the original book, okay. The Exorcist, and he also wrote this book called Legion, mm-hmm. which I guess was a sequel mm-hmm. to Exorcist 1, uh, but he didn't write anything that became The Exorcist 2. Okay, yeah. Uh, and they're both streaming on platforms, so oh. I'm gonna try and see that okay. one. I yeah. made a little bit of a list of movies we can talk about. I was thinking about, like, I, I've already seen this, but I remember seeing Evil Dead. It was one of, the, one of the few horror movies that I was actually legitimately creeped out by. That I saw for the first time uh, last year. Yeah. And I think I'm gonna rewatch it this year, and I'm also gonna watch The Evil Dead 2, which I've never yeah. seen. That's more of a... I, I know that's... I know that as more of a comedy. That's what I hear. Yeah, comedy uh, But the original one was like, yeah, I was like, this is pretty creepy for being like an 80s low... relatively low budget like yeah. low special effects. There's thing. a little bit of level of camp to it, and yeah. that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and from what I hear, I was like reading a review of Evil Dead 2 earlier today, yeah. and they were kind of saying that like, Evil Dead kind of feels like Sam Raimi... Uh, who we have talked about a little bit yes, on the podcast, Spider Man. Uh, oh, Sam, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> he. Uh, uh, I think the review said something along the lines of like Evil Two, Evil Evil Dead One. Kind of feels like a little bit of a. He's putting this movie out for the first time. He's doing. He's putting himself a little bit in the movie, but he's also taking things from other movies. And then Evil Dead Two is very much. He took everything he liked from Evil Dead One, and he just kind of, you know, expounded upon it. He like. He made it more his own thing. Yeah. Um, I feel and, like, and part of that was making it a little campier. Yeah, I feel like Evil Dead 1 was very, like, self-serious. Yeah. Uh, and Evil Dead 2, from my understanding, is yeah. a lot less that. And then Army of Darkness is, like, zero that. <laughs> yeah. Army I think that's another one I'm going to try and do this year. Oh, uh, I've seen... Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the middle one. I, I've seen... Uh, I saw Army of Darkness first, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to... I don't know. I might do. I might do the whole Evil Dead trilogy this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I'm thrilled. I've only seen the first one. Um, other movies I'm thinking of watching. I mean, because I don't know. You have a favorite horror movie of all time? I don't know. I I remember also being creeped out by Omen. Omen. I. That was another one I saw for the first time last yeah. year. And like, it's just kind of like the idea that this if, if this kid is doing it, it's like. He looks so innocent, and you're like, how? How can you tell somebody that the kid is like fucking you over? It's like it's like the it's like this thing where I think I read a couple of like um are like uh people talking about their experiences about um about having like a psychopathic uh sibling, mm-hmm. and it's just like, dude, how do you even deal with that? And it's like that's that taken to the ten, you know, the tenth I mean, degree. Your sibling, there. I mean, he has no siblings in that movie. But, but yeah, your 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 child. He's literally the Antichrist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I saw that the original for the first time last year. Yeah. I had I remember I saw the remake years ago in high school. Oh, I've I've seen the only seen the remake the two thousands one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the original original. Okay. Uh, I remember thinking I I liked the uh the concept and everything in in the remake. Yeah. And then I went uh and I I dug the I I don't know I really love the idea of those movies uh, mm-hmm. especially because. Do you know the Iced Earth album? Do you know the band Iced Earth? Yeah, we talked about them. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I just sang Dracula to you one time. Right? Hell fucking yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the specific album I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. The horror, uh, show. horror show. Yeah. Uh, uh, I really always wanted to see that movie because of the second track on that album, yeah. Damien, which is like this uh, eight-minute song yeah. that um, is about that movie, is about that film franchise. Yeah. It's just like, when the Jews return to Zion... I don't know. The point is, it's, yeah. oh man, it's a fucking dope song. Um, and I love like thinking about that song while I'm watching the movie. I love movies that are a little satanic and there's just, I don't know. <laughs> the scene where the guy's like, I think my memory sucks. There's like a priest in a park and it gets really windy. And then and the, he moves his face and his face is like all fucked up. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I, I mean, I'm talking specifically about the original. Okay, sorry. So uh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember as if because I don't remember how it end. This scene ends, but I just specifically remember all these papers blowing around him, and it looks really creepy. Yeah. And that's the vibe I'm trying to get for Spooky Scene. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I remember seeing from the remake, which is like I think they they dig up the um they dig up the they the they dig up the the goat bones. Yeah, yeah. The uh, well, I think it's a jackal. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Jackal, Jackal bones. bones. And yeah. it's like, and then, and then like, there's a priest standing by nearby. He just like slowly turns his face and his face is all like fucked up. And like, and just, and you're like, uh, uh. <laughs> what good movie. Yeah. But, uh, like, I feel like the remake may have gotten some flax from some original purists. Sure. Yeah. But I remember I saw it in high school and I thought, this is cool. This yeah. is dope. Yeah. Uh, it has that guy from Harry Potter. Uh, who I had only seen in Harry Potter at that point. David Falouse. i probably pronouncing his name wrong. Mm-hmm. I've now seen him. I don't know if you ever saw Fargo. No, I uh, He was in Fargo, and he played a really fucking creepy guy. Okay. This is the guy who, I think he's the journalist in the movie. He gets, like, impaled by a thing. Okay. I, I don't okay. remember that clearly. Uh, uh, so some other spooky movies. I guess I, Devil's Advocate would fall under that, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, to bring it back to that, yeah. Uh, my favorite horror movie of all time is getting a sequel this year, okay. technically, because the writer of the original book wrote a sequel to it. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is going to be based more off the book maybe than the movie, yeah. but it definitely references things from the movie. Uh, is The Shining? Oh, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. The Shining, classic. Okay. Yeah. I need to see that. God damn Oh, it. it's so good. I need to see the original it. I need to see The Shining. Uh, yeah. The Shining, I think it just, the soundtrack to it is... Uh, it just, it automatically spooks me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like scares, like it just like, it gives me this beautiful little shiver. Uh, and, and as they're driving up to the Overlook Hotel. Um, but also when I'm talking about spooky movies, I'm also talking about things like Beetlejuice that are maybe, that are definitely, or which is more campy. Oh yeah, but campy horror, scary. Like horror genre, but like can't, yeah, can't be included. Yeah. Like, like early Tim Burton stuff, I feel like really fit, really I would watch the original Batman with I, Michael Keaton. I guess Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. Uh, uh, I definitely. Yeah, I have those on my list. That's. I love that era of. Yeah, I remember. I remember original Batman. It's like, uh, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Ooh. Uh, Jack Nicholson is great in that movie. Yeah. 
I love his Joker. Uh, he's great. Jack Napier, I guess, was the yeah. name of the. It's a, it's a movie where the Joker gets a name, which this one is also gonna. His name's like Arthur or something. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm. I think I'm gonna see Rosemary's Baby this year. I've never seen that. Oh yeah, I've heard that's a classic. It, yeah, I, I've been hearing like a lot of things about it that really make me want to see it. It gets mentioned on Mad Men. Uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it does. It got mentioned in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood oh, uh, because the director's makes a cameo in that movie. Director who uh, is a is a pedophile and uh, awful person. But Rosemary's Baby uh, is still a movie that is well lauded, uh, as is Chinatown. Because uh, the Chinatown is a good movie. I've never seen Rosemary's Baby, but I think I'm going to see it this okay, year. Um. Let's see. What else? Uh, Do the, you know the Saw movies? I guess I I, I only saw uh, Saw four. I semi recently saw the first Saw. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it, it's like really good. I remember because it kind of started this whole genre of gore of horror gore porn kind yeah, of movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not really into horror for the gore. Yeah. Um. But Saw one is like a well constructed movie. Yeah. That. Is an interesting premise. And Saw 2, I, I saw parts of it. It yeah. also seemed cool, actually. Yeah. I was like, Saw 4 didn't blow me away as a movie, but yeah. I was like, it makes me interested in Saw 1, basically. I think you should see Saw 1. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I only saw it... I saw most horror movies I've seen, I only saw in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, uh, have you heard of... I don't know how much of the horror movie... That, no, it looks it looks scary. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, have you seen any trailers for The Lighthouse? No. Okay. My it's, mind instantly goes to Aquaman, but yeah. Oh! Uh, now that I think about it, there is an actor who is shared in the two movies. Oh. Uh, actually, and the other actor in The Lighthouse, because Willem Dafoe is going to be in this movie, The Lighthouse. Okay. And the other actor is Robert Pattinson, who just got cast as Batman. Okay. So, uh, universe, so universe sharing. Universe sharing. The Lighthouse is directed by the same guy who made The Witch okay. a couple years ago. I'll talk about that in a second. But the lighthouse, they've been showing trailers for it. It comes out this month. It's, uh, it's, it looks like it's just shot really old school. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that like the aspect ratio is, it's, it's a square. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all black and white. And there are definitely, uh, just shots of, there are these just like really old school, uh, kind of horror shots of just Robin Pat, Robin, specifically the one that like gives me the beautiful little chills is you see Robert Pattinson in the trailer just walking through. Um, you just, like, see his face as he's walking through water, and there's just, like, light on his face. And it just, like, looks like the movie was shot uh, in 1940-something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's... I'm I'm psyched. The guy... Uh, so the director is this guy, Robert Eggers. Um, I think that's his name. He, he did this movie, The Witch, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. which is this horror movie... It takes place in, like, New England uh, in, like, colonial Puritan times. Yeah. And this family gets cast out of the, the town because I think the father did something bad. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out there's a witch li- living near them. And it's yeah. very much... It's a very slow-moving movie. Uh, and it's very... Uh, I think it's a very period-accurate in the way they talk. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it, it's very creepy. Uh, also, have you seen... Either Hereditary or Midsummer. 
No, I need to see them. Oh, yeah, I do need to see. Ah, list, list. I, I saw Midsummer this summer finally. Yeah. Or not finally, it came out this summer. Uh, and it blew me the fuck away. Yeah. It's. Are they sequels at all? No, no. They're, but they're directed by the same guy. Okay. Not the same guy as The Witch in the Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. That brought me, it too, yeah. reminded me of yeah. Ari Aster, yeah. who directed Midsummer. I saw it in theaters, and then it turned out they were releasing a director's cut. Mm hmm. And I went and I, I went to go see that. It added like 20 minutes. Mm. Uh, but it's just a movie where they go to Sweden for the Midsummer Festival. Uh, and it's just a horror movie that is very bright. Like, it's all blue skies the entire time. It's all bright colors. Um, and then there's just, it's a horrifying Swedish cult that is uh, killing people. And, it's, and, and in some ways, there's a small part of you that is almost rooting for the cult. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I... I could, I, uh, and it, it's really good. And I had never seen Hereditary, but I had heard a lot about it. Yeah. Um, and so after I saw that movie, I was at Target and I saw Hereditary for like cheap in the DVD section. So I picked it up and I watched it a couple nights later. And it's also a cool, it's, oh man, we're talking like horror movies. Like these are, yeah. I think this guy is going to be a new, like modern master of horror. Okay. Master. Yeah. Uh, Hereditary is a lot more like it's about uh, what is it about? Jesus, it's about this family man and how they inherit how we inherit trauma from each other. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. Oh, it's and it just like it takes this weird twist early on that it just blows you away and it just starts from this really sad point because it starts with an obituary. Oh man. Midsummer also starts at a really sad point. Okay. It also starts with a death. Both movies start with a death. Uh <laughs> I want to watch them now. I do especially hereditary now. I recommend it. If you ever want to borrow the DVD or I think it's on Amazon. Okay, yeah. Right now. I'll check it out. Prime. I'll check it out. Um couple things uh that you made me think of that I went to see I actually went to see a play yeah. in Chicago that was um, that was a sci-fi horror. Interesting. It was called Future Echoes. I don't remember exactly what theater it was. Hmm. Um, it was interesting. It was very interesting. I was like, how did you execute that? that was, but it was very cool. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if, if I should spoil a lot of it. I mean, it's a play. So, I mean, unless it's still playing... Yeah, I've no idea. Hundred percent. I really, I really don't know. But it, it was very cool. If there's, if it's still around, it's you know, it's worth watching. Maybe I can find the script at the very least. I know that sounds like a shitty way to. Yeah. Have you ever heard of The Pillow Man by Martin McDonough? No. It's a good play that I only have read the script for. I've never seen the play. Okay. But Martin McDonough, he did. He's the director of the movies In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths. Oh, yeah, I've seen In Bruges. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Three Billboards Outside yeah. uh, Ebbing, Missouri. He's that guy. Um, um, but The Pillow Man. Really good. Okay, uh, I was want to see the play sometime. The other thing I was mentioning is like I I did see the uh, the first season of American Horror Story. Oh yeah, yeah. How is it? I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't watch anything afterwards because I was just like I don't know. Like they 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 had the concept. Well, every season is like a. It's different, an anthology. Yeah, yeah, it's an anthology. Yeah, yeah. So Fargo does like, something similar. So I did lose like the, that sense of like connectedness for from because I was like ah, I just want to binge the first one. Mm -hmm. Then once I'd done it and like the second one started, I was like ah, okay, I, I can I'm giving it a rest personally. So I never watched beyond the first season, but I enjoyed the first season. I know we mentioned this off podcast before we started the podcast, and I already forgot your answer. But speaking oh, of horror television okay. shows, have you seen uh, House on Haunted Hill? No. 
Okay. Very worth seeing. Okay. Very good. Um, and that director, uh, before that movie, he did a, another movie for Netflix, um, or before that TV show, sorry. Uh, it's a very scary show. Uh, first of all, uh, there is one episode in specific, uh, specifically that's just like really fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's a lot about this family and it's based off a movie, like an old horror movie. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, before he did that, he did a Stephen King adaptation for, uh, Netflix called, uh, the, uh, Gerald's Game, Mm -hmm. uh, which shares an actor or two with the TV show. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's good. It's, it's a, it's like a really kind of toned down horror movie that most, for the most part takes place in one room. Uh, cause it's about a woman who, uh, she's with her husband at a vacation house and they're kind of trying to reinvigorate their sex life. Yeah. And so he handcuffs her to the bed and then he like has a heart attack or something. Stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's dead and she's just locked in the bed. Uh, and, and she's just slowly kind of going crazy while she's locked in the bed. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's based on a Stephen King thing. Yeah. yeah that's and great. she kind of goes back and like has flashbacks about some of her, uh, you know, about her own trauma and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's worth seeing, um, for sure. It's like a good, easy watch on Netflix. You reminded me of like something that I just forgot, but I, I was going to say like The Ring. I remember watching that, but yeah. I remember laughing. Did uh did you watch the American or the Japanese? The American, yeah. Okay, I haven't seen either. Either, yeah. I only know it from. I mean, I remember laughing at this. I only know it from Scary Movie, uh, uh, from whichever Scary Movie spoofed it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember Final Destination. I remember seeing that, but I don't recall it that much. I worked at a movie theater when Final Destination 3D came yeah. out. And so I've seen a lot of bits and pieces of that one. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, I get the concept is that, you know, death, death, they, oh. they owe death their lives or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember Mother, actually. Uh, Mother, exclamation point? Yeah, exclamation point. Uh, the Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, I don't know if that counts as a horror movie. No, I, I'm i seeing it a lot of, on a lot of lists. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's I've definitely seen, a divisive movie from what I've heard. I've seen it. There's, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of scenes where it's like, it's definitely like Me Too stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very much in it. But um, I don't know about overall. I know, like, I don't know if that's what's divisive about it. Because there's a couple of... I think it was sold a certain way to audiences. Yeah. I think is a big part of it. And it was sold... It's From what I've heard, it's much more art house... Oh, it's... Yeah. ...than the way it was It was sold a little bit more as a commercial thing that starred Jennifer Lawrence, who's a huge name. Yep. I think she was, like, dating the director at the time, which yeah. is part of why he got such a big name for yep. such, like, an art house movie. And she yep. is, like one of the biggest A-list actresses, so any yeah. movie she's going to be in is automatically a commercial movie, even if it's a movie like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, like, wh- what was your perception of it? Cause I, I haven't seen it. Yeah. But what, I, was your, what was your perception of the marketing, essentially, of it? Um, That's what I mean. Because I'd be curious. Because I, I did see it, but I didn't yeah. know anything about it. I think I remember coming out... I worked in a movie theater. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which is part of why... Because I worked in the movie theater, I kind of have an idea of who the general audience who's seeing yeah. uh, the movie when it comes out is a little bit. Yeah. In uh, it, um, no, like I, uh, I don't know. 
I don't because I feel like early on I pretty much I figured out that it was. I also I don't know. I, I'm sure a lot of film goers would know that like Darren Aronofsky is the director and he's definitely has he makes somewhat weird movies uh-huh. in general. Uh, I think like the 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 movie that he's probably most known for is Black Swan at this point. That's definitely like his biggest success probably right. commercially right. Uh, since that was the one that was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, the only one I've actually seen, too. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know what my perception was at okay, the time. Okay, interesting. But yeah, like... I remember being like, I think I might like this movie, but I really want to go in and I want to be 100% present for it, yeah. which is why I missed it in theaters, because... I kept saying, no, today's not a good day. No, today's not a good day. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, my, my, when I, when I watched it, it was like, it started out one way. Yeah. In the middle was another thing. And then like at the end, it was like, what the hell is happening right now? From my understanding, it's all about, it's a huge allegory that he apparently wrote in one night. Uh, it's, uh, what's his face? Benicio Del Toro's in it, right? Uh, I think so, maybe. Okay, he's 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 the actor, right? And he's no, I like, thought, I thought maybe the director is actually the main, the main. Cause nah, it's not because the he's main, not an actor. The main character was not the Benicio del Toro's. Yeah, because like it was something of like the mother is Mother Earth, and it's about how we mistreat Mother Earth, and somebody I think Benicio del Toro was God. I could be wrong. There's some. Uh, I just, I'm just looking. I, at I mean, I'm talking out of my ass about a movie that I've only read things about, so I'm only. This is this is why I need to see Joker in theaters. Is so specifically, I don't do the thing I'm doing right yeah. now, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is talk about a movie as if I've seen it. You're the one who's seen it. Yeah, the main, uh, the main, uh, the main actor is Javier Bardem. I always mix him and Benicio del Toro up for some reason. Yeah, I know he's the uh, he's the he's in Skyfall as the yeah. main villain. Yeah, that's where I know him more from. Yeah, I didn't. It's like oh, that's him actually. Yeah, yeah. I just realized that it was him. Um, yeah, it's I can see that allegory too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. It turns when it goes bonkers is when that becomes a lot more clear. Yeah. Um, but the my understanding it was like pretty blatant what the allegory becomes, or yeah, is it? Yeah, it becomes. Yeah, that's yeah. when it. Yeah, when it's like. For a while, okay, in the middle part of it, it's just like a relationship drama, right? Yeah. With some horror elements to it, because it's kind of like, what the fuck is happening? But then, like, then at a certain point, you're like, oh, okay, this is like, this is like a what the fuck movie now. <laughs> yeah. 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 And at which point, like, it wasn't necessarily exactly clear to me, because it still had that relationship theme to it as well. Um, but I could, once you say it, that's it's an allegory for for, you know, environmental, you know, damage. And then it's like, oh yeah, it's really obvious. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's what that part was. Yeah. yeah. Did you like it? I guess, yeah, I'd say yes, but it's just like, I don't, like, I didn't ha- I wasn't hugely impacted by it. I didn't feel emotionally invested that much in it. I get that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I just said, Exorcist, for some reason. It yeah. just didn't, yeah. I'm gonna give it a second shot, because I was watching it the entire time, I was like, I should be liking this. Yeah. I should love this. I should recognize its genius, and I, I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, like, there are good movies that, that don't necessarily just hit you, you know? Yeah. Like, you can recognize them as, it's, yeah, it's, it's different for everybody, you know? Well, I, I know one of my favorite movies, and this is like a basic-ass choice, is The Big Lebowski. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, I didn't like it. Uh, and every time I see it, I like it more. I enjoyed that movie, but it also didn't hit me at all. It didn't I, really hit me. 
I don't know. I'm just all in on the Coen brothers at this point. Yeah. Uh, the, the types of movies that hit me the most usually, or like types of media are usually like musicals. Yeah. But that, you know, you could probably have. We just watched one. We just watched one. Yeah. We just watched one. Yeah. Yeah, you should watch more of that show. Yeah, I know. I show. will be. I will be. Uh, and everybody who's listening to us right now should really watch more yeah. of that show. I watched like, uh, I think, yeah, like a couple of musicals that hit me. I remember were like Phantom of the Opera at the time hit me really hard. And then watching Rent hit me really hard. Yeah. Musicals, uh, we've talked about this a little, where it's just, I feel like I don't process, like sometimes I process lyrics right. And then sometimes, for whatever reason, I get, I get swept up in the music and I... I'm just hearing everything, but I'm not listening to the words. Oh, dude, in the like, same way. I remember. Did I tell you when I saw Jesus Christ Superstar here? Yeah. It was at the. That's a musical I've seen live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a good production in DC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay. uh, I, saw, I don't like, know if you told me. You might have actually. We talked about the seeing it, but I don't remember like the discussion anymore. But like, yeah, so that's... specifically, I saw it at the uh, the lyric. Yeah. Over yeah, I mean, just seeing the loop, and I was like, the production itself was good. The actors, you know. It, but it's like the acoustics of the space or, you know, it's an opera house and it's like, you can't hear the lyrics at all. That's fucked up. Yeah. And I was like, uh, that's the one part. I mean, so I kind of wanted to, I, I might eventually watch the movie version at some point just to, yeah. but I mean, I, I listened to the music afterwards. So I, I know, I, I know better, but also it's like a story that most people at least know the outline of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd say in general, a little bit. I very specifically remember from the production I saw the guy who played Pontius Pilate. Yeah. Because does he do this? He probably does this in every where it's just such a low voice. Oh no, that's uh, Caiaphas. Oh, Caiaphas is the low voice. Okay, yeah. So apparently, I don't specifically remember that one. <laughs> I have a shitty memory. No man, it's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. I don't know. I, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. 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 Caiaphas is the uh, one of the one of the elders that yeah. There's like they have like the bass elder and then they have the tenor elder. Okay. And they they I think that's part of the part of the way it's written is they they play off each other like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember being struck by just how low that voice got. Yeah. I haven't seen something like that. That that's Caiaphas. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, and I remember thinking that was it was really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I did I did high school theater occasionally. Yeah. We went on field trips to go see. Musicals. To mostly to DC yeah. to go see. I remember we saw. What's the one? Demon Barber, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I watched that actually because that was part of, like, I think that was part of our homework at some point for musical improv. I mean that works, and that's a that's another good spooky movie. Ten the tale, Sweeney Todd. I, I don't know. I'm gonna try and watch this. Escape as pale as I was on. That's that's definitely a later because like I feel like I don't like a lot of uh, the last decade or two mm. of Tim Burton movies. Yeah. But that's one I remember liking. Oh, Especially when it involved... Yeah. Oh, I never watched the movie, I guess. You never watched the movie? I, I thought that's what you were talking about. I was talking about the uh, the musical, the, the Ballad of Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Uh, you should see the movie. It, it's a musical. It's a movie musical. Oh, okay. So it's probably just, yeah, it's a filmized version of that. Yeah. Okay. It's got uh, Johnny Depp as oh, Helena Bottom Carter because it's a Tim think, Burton movie. I think I know why I, I didn't see it because I, I think our teacher recommended us not to see that one. Uh, mm, that's fair. I often... Like a lot of movie musicals that I think by more musical theater, theater people yeah. uh, don't dislike as much. Yeah. Or, or don't like as much. Uh, yeah. For instance, Les Mis uh, was the first time I'd seen Les Mis. was okay. the Hugh Jackman and Hathaway. Yeah. And I remember everyone talking about how much they hated Russell Crowe's voice in that movie. And I remember thinking, it, and I'm going to get lambasted by any musical theater 
people. Have you seen the movie? I've no, but I've seen like I've seen some of his scenes where he's singing because I just yeah. I guess kind of background research. I so, thought he was fine. Okay, yeah, I'll yeah I'll tell you my opinion of this, which is like um, his voice was never bad. Yeah, he was never like really like in the few songs that I heard, he was never like off key or like out of rhythm that much. But he was just not good. <laughs> That's fair. I don't. I don't know. I remember not being offended by it in any way. I was yeah, just I was like, never. This, yeah, I. I didn't dislike it in any way. I. And there were moments where I was just like, "Oh, I like Russell Crowe. He's on screen. Yeah, I'm yeah. enjoying him." Yeah, I think his acting performance is good. Yeah, and I just, I was just like, his voice is just very mediocre. That's another music. Sweeney Todd and Les Mis both have Sasha Baron Cohen uh, playing a musical role. Oh, I think really? he's very fun in musical side. Oh, okay, yeah. Because he's like a weird guy. He plays the weird guy in both movies. Okay. Um, I think he plays like a snake oil type salesman. Oh, uh, yeah. Todd. That's right. Yeah, there's one, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, he's the guy in Les Mis. A Tenardier? Yeah. yeah. Uh, master, master, master of the ma- House. Master of the House. Which Helena Bonham Carter's also in. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Very similar movies, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I remember, so yeah, I just recently listened to some of those songs where like, and I was like, Hugh Jackman does a better job from, uh, vocally. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm not yeah. saying like Russell Crowe's a standout performance yeah. in that movie, but I am saying that like I don't know. He was serviceable. Like his, I think his voice was serviceable. He didn't. Just, he didn't like butcher it. I, I feel like yeah. I've heard a lot of people be like, "Lame is it's a good movie," but Russell Crowe and and you know I I feel like whenever I when I think of that movie, I'm not going. I mean, because obviously right now I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Where <laughs> yeah. I, I'm qualifying that that's what I hear a lot of people say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm specifically not thinking of Les Mis and being like, oh, Russell Crowe, though. You're right, right. Um, uh, so my, my first, I, I have another, this might be controversial too. So I watched the, um, I watched one of the like big Royal Albert Hall productions on, uh, I managed to find it on Amazon, I think, and uh-huh. I, I just rented it um, as, as background work for another one of these musical improv classes, right? And I remember seeing that I just did not like it. Yeah, I mean the music was great, the story was decent. I read, I read Les Mis. And I think I don't remember if I liked it when I read it or not. But um, the original Victor Hugo book, yeah, but a bridge, definitely bridged. Because I, my understanding is that is a very long book. Yeah, then it goes into random details that don't matter later in the plot. Like apparently the priest, they, apparently it goes into really a lot of detail about the priest's history somehow. Sounds like a lot of those kind of books. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, okay, I watched it, and I was like, I followed the plot, and I was like, okay, this is, like, there's some songs where I was moved, but it was very uneven for me, and, like, the, the way it was staged was that it was, like, it wasn't, like, actors sing to each other in a way that would, like, kind of mimic life, or if, you know, if life were, you know, duets all the time, Yeah. but it was, it was the actor's standing at the front of the stage at a microphone and singing out towards the audience and never looking at their scene partners. Mm. And I was like, this does not land for me. That's, that was like the most obvious visual thing. Don't they do that a lot in musicals? Some, but like some do being a some, a some, some, musical some, novice. Some do and some don't. It's just yeah. like, I don't like that style because yeah. it's like, it removes some of that, like, you know, that acting it, tension. It, it removes a lot of the emotional yeah. stakes a little bit where it kind of feels more like a performance and less like a story. That yeah, it feels like a concert less and less like a yes. like a theater, theatrical piece. Yeah. The other thing was that in the, the lyrics, I was like, I was listening to it. I'm like, dude, these are clunky as fuck, man. And I was like, you can, it's basically, it was basically in my mind saying to me, this was translated from French. Mm. And you and I can tell, <laughs> 
And so those are, those are my criticisms of that. Um, the music itself was pretty good. It's just, yeah, like lyrically mostly did not land. And then like the, the staging made the performance not land as much for me. So that's, that's my lame opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I've only seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, I probably I, this, the, my first criticism would not apply. I like, also, yeah, no, it, I don't know. Uh, I guess, there's the scene, and it's a very good scene. Uh, I think she won an Oscar for it, Anne Hathaway as Fantine. Fantine, okay, yeah. Uh, just sings to the camera, and it's great, and it's just like it's still, it's just a shot of her face for like three minutes. Yeah. Um, it's the, I dreamed a dream, da, 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 da. You, know, yeah. uh, you know, like one of the songs from that musical. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. I remember I worked at a movie theater when that came out. I worked at a movie theater many years. Uh, yeah. And that movie was like that, like it, it was a ph- phenomenon movie for us, for our theater. Yeah. It was like a big one. Um, in part because we shared the market with a theater that was like right next to us. Yeah. And so they were a bigger theater. They often got the bigger movies. So Les Mis was like one of the big movies we got. Yeah. Uh, so it was, <laughs> and it was like right around Christmas. So. Uh, yeah, huge. it does. It does have that Christmas spirit. Like it does. That, that I whole associate Dickensian, that Dickensianness. Yeah, yeah. There's um. What was I gonna say? Oh, I was randomly. I was randomly. I was at a. It was basically a Cairo appointment, and I was like listening to the music in the background. I'm like, dude, that's that's a, that's the whole God on High. Um, bring him home. I was like, I heard it. I heard it, but it was instrumental. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is really bring him home playing right now? I asked, and it was like, she checked, and it was like, yeah. I was like, okay, I guess, yeah, cool. Damn. Yeah. You dreamed a dream. Oh, I oh, no, I brought him home. You dreamed a dream, and you brought that dream home. I brought that dream to home. To real life. I brought that dream to home. To reality. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've had some good discussions. Yeah. And it's I about feel like time. it's a good time. It's about time to end, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything? Any final thoughts? Uh, not really. I mean, just like, you know, follow me on, uh, like, friend me on Facebook if you don't know me. Um, just say, just send me a message saying you're a fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, I have an Instagram, follow that. Y K E dot L U. It's pretty random Tuesdays at the annoyance for mint. And that's mostly what I got. Yeah. I've got nothing interesting going on. I feel like I've plugged my social medias before, but uh, first place burger, first place burger on uh Twitter on, uh, Instagram, which I don't really use anymore. Uh, I never really used it. Uh, I think it's the same thing for my Letterboxd. If you want to be my friend on a film-related social media. Oh, yeah, I have that too now, although uh, I don't use it as much. Yeah, I, I've looked at your profile. You don't use it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's obvious. Yeah. I just get really bored at work, and for some reason, that's the social media that started to interest me. Okay, yeah. It's just like looking at what people think of movies that I've either seen or I haven't seen. Yeah. Uh, that, I would don't be, that would be movies, yeah. Uh, and I like I like compiling lists. It's fun. Yeah. It's it it activates a weird nerd part of my brain. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like a shill for a weird niche social media platform. <laughs> uh, if you want to see just you know my progress in my spooky season movie watching or in these Miyazaki movies that I'm watching, I log every movie I see and I write a little review. So yeah, I just haven't seen that many movies because yeah. yeah. All right. Oh. All right, right, that's Uh, it from Eco and Zach. Bye. Bye.